In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, Amen. Champion of the poor and marginalized, the late Archbishop of San Salvador, Oscar Romero, once wrote this. A church that doesn't provoke any crisis, a gospel that doesn't unsettle, a word of God that doesn't get under anyone's skin, a word that doesn't touch the real sin of the society in which it is being proclaimed. What gospel is that? As we listen to Jesus' encounter with the three would-be disciples this morning, we hear some interesting and provocative exchanges. We assume through these declarations that these three are acclaiming a deep desire and yearning to join Jesus. And yet, something is holding each of them back. With each response, we hear the oh-so-common caveat, yeah, but... Yeah, but, follow me. Yeah, but, I just need to check my email one more time. Follow me. Yeah, but, I have these other plans, and I just need to juggle a few things, and then I'll be right with you, Jesus. Follow you? Yeah, but, before we really go anywhere, can we completely review the itinerary to make sure I've packed everything essential? Granted, these are all tongue-in-cheek responses, but you get the point. Not completely unreasonable actually are the responses that one can give. We all have busy lives, regardless of how important we might believe any of these excuses to be. Point is, I think we would be pretty hard-pressed to just drop it all and follow. But these last two responses to Jesus seem fairly reasonable, right? Burying a parent? And saying goodbye to a family don't seem like outrageous pretexts to me. And yet, and yet, Jesus' responses sound almost harsh as he strips away their excuses and underscores the radical and immediate nature of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? A disciple. Over the next five weeks in our lectionary, we're going to be unpacking that question from different perspectives. Each week between now and the end of July draws us into the stories in Luke's Gospels from chapter 9 through 11, and each gives us a glimpse of maybe partly at least what it might mean to be a disciple. So today I am going to focus on unpacking just one word, follower. Being a follower, it might surprise you to hear, has never been terribly easy for me in any real sense, in every aspect of my life. I have long wrestled with the many basic and ancient Christian terms in the church, including the concept of following. The heart of the struggle for me is the conflict I have experienced when I come up against a teaching that doesn't appear, at least at first, to embrace all of who I think I am and have worked hard, thank you, in my almost 57 years to become. My cultural context gets in my way, and my location have made it hard to say, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. There is something in my very nature that wants to weigh the options, have a little more conversation, understand the true consequences, make informed decisions, and be really clear, decisive 
about my decisions. Even as I desire to live as mystic Thomas Merton describes as an undivided life and embrace most of my authentic self much of the time, I suspect that if Jesus just popped in and was standing right here by me, I am sure I could come up with some pretty convincing excuses of why I couldn't possibly just walk out that door and follow him, at least not before lunch. Or could I? Could you? Could we? Do we dismiss that radical possibility out of hand because it sounds ludicrous? Or do we rationalize how we hear that countercultural and maybe uncomfortable invitation to follow, adjusting it ever so slightly so that we can stay in the driver's seat of our own lives? After all, we do have responsibilities. We have families that we love. Some of us have jobs. Many of us have children. We have church meetings. We have church meetings. We have friends, we have sports events, political rallies, concerts, things we've committed to. Is Jesus really asking us to just drop it when he says, let the dead bury their dead? But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God? I'm not so sure. What if the point Jesus is trying to make is something maybe very different this morning? What if he is asking us to just stop for a red-hot minute and be brutally honest with ourselves? What if he is asking us to just look at our lives from the inside out and do a little self-inventory? Are there things that we need to drop and just stop doing? Are there patterns of belief or behavior that just don't work for us anymore? Are we acting and speaking in ways that truly reflect what we believe, or are we making excuses and remaining silent? Are we exercising our power and position and privilege in the world for the sake of the gospel? The older I get, the more I am convinced that the second half of our lives are lived most faithfully when we are committed to attending to the work of answering these kinds of questions on a daily basis. It is the work of attending to our own inner landscape, our soul work, if you will. It is the work of building up our spiritual muscles so that we connect more deeply with others and stand alongside people who might otherwise be forgotten or dismissed. When we can summon the courage to step into that place, embracing our stories and our hurts, our fears and our joys, our doubts, and then seek out others to connect honestly with, then I think we start discovering some of what it means to be a follower. Then we start to discover what it means to believe in deep connection and trust and compassion for self and others. This morning, I hear the invitation to follow as actually challenging and empowering, not the reverse. The invitation to follow takes real courage because it is nothing short of an invitation to get really real, if you will, real fast with ourselves and real in the communities and places where we find ourselves every day. The path to discipleship, the path to being a follower of Jesus, 
is a path about attending to what is here and now. It is a path, I believe, both inward into our deepest selves and then a path outward, leading us boldly into the world, often risking our comfort at times for the sake of a greater good, a greater love. So now today, when I think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, I'm finally certain that it has very little to do with being meek and mild and submissive and intimidated. And instead, being a follower to me today has everything to do with growing stronger and more willing to stand up and speak out and risk whatever it takes to put God's love in the center of our lives and in everything we do and say. And I am wondering if it means in part that Jesus implores us all to listen more carefully than ever, to hear the words of encouragement we need to hear. So maybe, just maybe, today, maybe Jesus would say some of these things to us here in this place. Follow me and share that the way of love will not accept the inhumane treatment of refugee and immigrant children. Follow me and share intolerance for words or behavior that justify white supremacy. Follow me and share in the work of reversing the devastating effects of pollution and climate change. Follow me and share the way of love means working tirelessly to break down the barriers of racism, classism, xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, and sexism. Follow me and share that the way of love celebrates each and every person, refusing to marginalize, patronize, demonize, and toss aside any one period, end of sentence. Maybe today, maybe today is the day that we step into the invitation to follow to stop holding back, to lay down some of our yeah buts, and instead put our hands on the plow and with courage follow the way of love, climbing every mountain before us together. May it be so.